Hello and welcome to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark and with me, as always, the guy that should have won the 2011 Moscow Hot Dog Eating Competition, sponsored by New York Johnny's, Bo Chisholm. Bo, what's going on tonight? Richard Logan Clark the third. I am uh I am doing well today. It is the winter meetings, there's snow on the ground. Um it's just uh just things are going just extraordinary here in the uh, greater Seattle area this evening. So I am uh ready to talk some Mariners baseball. There's been a lot of the things that have occurred over the last week or so. And um yeah, and I yeah, man. I, I know you've got MLB the sh- the MLB the show MLB Network on in the background, just in case we get breaking news while we're shooting <clears throat> this. Um, I I don't expect any breaking news to happen tonight, you know, especially with you know Aaron Judge saying he's going to be at the winter meetings. So yeah, but uh, you're you're right. A lot has gone on um, in the last uh, week since we've recorded last. Uh, before we get all to, to that, um, thank you guys again for uh, taking time to come back and listen with us, or, or listening to us, rather. Um, for all our returning listeners, welcome back. First time listeners, thank you for choosing the Forks Down podcast. Um, you know, hopefully it's going to be your new home for Mariners baseball talk. You know, Bo and I do this every week. We shoot on Mondays typically, uh, and then we throw it out on Tuesdays afternoon-ish we still haven't really locked down a set time for that so it's kind of whenever uh my wife and i get around to posting it on the social media apps but uh you know with that being said social media uh we're on facebook and instagram to search us uh at forks down podcast you know so uh like and subscribe on there uh subscribe on your podcast listening app if you listen on anchor or uh spotify we even got listener support activated now um, we don't expect anyone to um, donate to us because we like doing this. Uh, we have fun doing this for free. But uh, if you if you feel like you want to uh, help us out a little bit, maybe some of the cost of, of our editing software, then, uh, you know, send us some money. But with that out of the way, just, you know, thought I'd, I'd mention that since we just activated it. Bo, the big trade of the, of the week. Uh, I told you before we started, I had him at the top of my depth chart, but you were really convincing with, uh, Gleaver Torres. So I, I kind of agreed with you back uh, a couple episodes ago when we did our way too early 40 mans or 26 mans, um, rather, uh, you want to, you want to fill us in on that, on that trade that just happened? Yes. Colton Wong from the Milwaukee Brewers, formerly, uh, St. Louis Cardinals um, uh, was traded from the Milwaukee Brewers to the Seattle Mariners for Jesse Winker and Abraham Toro. Um, it's uh, it's a pretty good get. I feel like um, it wasn't long before this when that happened. We heard that um, you know the Mariners were in a left-handed bat that could play second base, right? And then inevitably, that's what ended up happening. Um, so Colton Wong is a, is a good little get. I think it's an immediate upgrade over Adam Frazier, right? So um, I think on the surface, um, you know, we've already gotten better, right? Um, 
I think you can look at, you know, we already got Teoscar Hernandez previously. You can debate whether or not mm-hmm. Teoscar is uh, better than Mitch Hanniger. I think he's going to be more consistent health-wise than Mitch Hanniger, right? So I think that we are, um, I think we are trending in a positive way of this team. I think this team is already better than it was, right? Um, by how much you can debate that, but um, really like Colton Wong. I think the big thing for me is that, um, you aren't going to want to bat Colton Wong against left-handers. Um, yeah. 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 Did you do, I mean, his, I, I think he is, he, in 2022, he batted 138 against left-handers. So see that that's worse than I thought, because when I saw it, I thought it was 168. I'm like, that's terrible, but 138 is, is worse than that. So yep. yeah, uh, he's definitely probably going to be a platoon piece at this point, which isn't bad. I mean, he's going to come in and, and hit righties well. So uh, bring Dylan Moore in when uh, we've got left-handed pitching. Yep, I think that's probably going to be it, right? Um, Dylan Moore will be uh, – yeah, they'll just play a platoon role. I think a funny part is, is that he hit lefties pretty well in 2021. So, like, I'm curious, you know, what kind of Colton Wong we'll get in the AL to see what it all kind of turns out to be. But um, Yeah, and, and and the big thing is a lot of, a lot of the talk that I saw – um, he's a former, he's a two-time gold glove winner. Um, but last season he committed 16 errors, um, at second base, which is his highest ever in his career. Um, really, really had a difficult time defensively. Um, in, in a lot of the talks that I saw, I think it came down to him being hurt a little bit. Um, so hopefully, you know, it's kind of twofold. He's getting healthier, but also he's going to come in. Um, work with Perry Hill and and really uh, shore up that defense and hopefully return to gold glove caliber defense at second base, especially with the shift being banned in 2023. Yeah, agreed. And uh, yeah, I think the defense is a little, I don't want to say suspect, but I think I think that if I'm thinking about maybe not, I don't want to say negatives, like Teoscar Hernandez is a little bit of a defensive um, downgrade. Colton Wong might be a little bit of a defensive downgrade, but yes, hopefully working with Perry Hill and, um, you know, just working with that defense, I think he'll ultimately hopefully get better. But I think the bat to me sticks out, right? He had a dynamite second half last mm-hmm. year. Um, again, you're going to have to shift him, but I mean, most everybody has, you know, four right-handers in their starting rotation with an occasional lefty here and there. So I still think it's positive. I think my, my question might be, right. I kind of feel like, we uh like Colton Wong's going to be here for 2023. Teoscar Hernandez is going to be here for 2023, right? Um and you know, that makes me excited about 2023, but I think my my question and what do you think about kind of these like one-year deals, right? Like we get guys for one year and we're going to be in the same position like next off-season, right? Is that a is that a worry in your mind? I know like 2024 is a long ways away, but like, you know, we only got these guys for like a one year, right? We're going to be kind of in the same situation next year where we're going to be talking about, we need a second baseman. We need a right fielder. Does that worry yeah. you at all? Right. Or is it just like, should we not worry about that and just kind of go for it all this year? I, I don't think we should worry about it. Um, you know, one of the players that was sent back to uh, the Brewers, Jesse Winker, um, he got traded over and within a month he had an extension through his arbitration years, um, you know, with the Mariners. And I mean, obviously that didn't turn out, um, you know, and I, I think it's a little better. We, we didn't trade much for Wong. We didn't trade much for Teoscar. Um, and 
honestly, if if they have a down year, we can send them out the door and we can go looking next season. Um, but I I have full faith that if if they're doing well, Depoto is going to extend them within the season. You know, at least for a year or two. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't see that being a bad thing. And I, I honestly don't think I, – I would love for it to happen, you know, Teoscar to go off and, and have like an Aaron Judge type season. Um, maybe maybe that's a little bit too much. But, you know, have an all-star season where he's maybe getting some MVP votes. Um, but that's still not going to command a high number. Yeah. You know, you know we're not getting into the – the the Trey Turners, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, the Trey Turner contracts or the um, supposed Aaron Judge contracts, you know, stuff like that. So uh, it scares me a little bit, but not as much as it, you know, as it should probably because, you know, if we if we do it right, they're going to sign them in the season. If you know if they're having a down season, we can get them out the door and uh, and move on. So. Yeah, I think I I just inherently always think about the future, I feel like, and um, probably a little too much, right? I should probably live a bit, little bit more for, like, 2023. Here we go, right? I just wonder, like, what the long-term plan in the middle infield is probably going to be, right? And, like, what the other outfield position, mm-hmm. but, um, you know. We'll uh we'll see what it is. I guess we'll uh we'll shit that'll be. But I think for right now, right, super happy about it. I think another question I might have is um, roster resource had it. Let me see real quick. It had Colton Wong. Yeah, it has him batting six. They have him slotted batting sixth against right-handers right now. Right, it still has Julio batting leadoff. Where do you think? Mm-hmm. I think Fangraphs has. Yeah, he, his best his best place was batting in the five hole this last year. He hit, hit three thirteen in a five hole, but he did lead off a number of times, right? So, where do you think where do you think he kind of ends up in this jigsaw of a of a lineup? I think if if last year he showed a hit in the middle of the order, maybe we keep him at the middle of the order. Obviously, I mean, long term, we need to find someone that's going to lead off. So maybe you know the the next biggest need for the Mariners now with, with Wong being traded to the Mariners is a left fielder, you know, and, and there's a couple possibilities. There's a big one we're going to talk about in a bit, you know, um, that could come and bat lead off for us. But, um, you know, ultimately I'm, I'm fine with Julio staying in the leadoff spot for now, but I, I hope in the future just to, um, I know you want your best player getting the most at bats, but I hope in the future we see Julio drop down to a two, maybe even a three spot to, to, you know, further his chances to get people in. Um, you know, it's going to be a little crowded in the middle of our lineup. I, I will admit, you know, we got Suarez, we've got whoever we're bringing in in left field. I mean, it could be a power, a power move, you know, and, and we get another power bat. We could bring Mitch back. Mitch is a good four or five hitter, you know? So it's like, it's, it's tough to call, but I mean, if he showed, his best baseball, you know, best with the stick at a five hole position, like, yeah, keep him there if you can. You know. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. And I, so, like, Colton Wong batting sixth, right? Where that's where roster resource has him slotted in, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's a testament to how good this Mariner team is, like, already, right? Just like with what Jerry's mm-hmm. done. So, um, yeah, no, I think 
I think it's going to be a good 2023 with uh, Colton Wong yep. and JP Crawford up the middle. And um, yeah, man, looking forward to him. I think um, anything you want to mention on Jesse Winker and Abraham Toro, I thought that um, I kind of felt like Toro was a guy that just, he never really could figure it out. It's kind of funny because he had big moments last year, right? If you go back to some of the big games, like I think the Mother's Day game that I was at, he kind of the bottom of the ninth he you know he just had some big moments he hit a home run in that game tied it up and then the Mariners kind of came back mm-hmm. like he had some big moments but he just never put it together in like a regular game and I kind of wish him the best the mm-hmm. Brewers but um I felt like that was probably time time for a change for him um yeah. and then just Toro Toro was always a quad a player to me um he just never put it together um he had some good moments he had some big at bats like you said he he had some home runs that kind of came out of nowhere and you're like, okay, we're winning this game now. Uh, but, but didn't really have a position, um, which, which sucks. It's, it's really hard for me to say that the best player coming out of that trade, the Toro Graveman trade was actually Rafael yeah. uh, Soriano. Like that just, that just kills me. What could have been in a Mariners uniform, but um, you know, best of luck to, to Toro um, in Milwaukee. You know, he's going to have playing time. Um, I see a lot of fans predicting he's going to start in the minors, you know, triple A for uh, Milwaukee, but we'll see what happens. Um, as for, as for Winker, um, he, I made this prediction uh, probably before we did the 26 man rosters. I feel like wherever he goes next, he's going to return to form. I think Milwaukee a is really good for us because we don't have to see him, mm-hmm. and he kind of I would I would almost say he's back to obscurity in the NL Central. No, you know, no disrespect to the Cardinals, but um, they're not the AL West. You know, so uh, I think Winker's going to return back to form. I'm glad he didn't go to the Yankees because I really think he could potentially, you know, even step it up past an All Star level and be like an MVP type player if he went and hit on that short porch at Yankee stadium. But um, I think Milwaukee um, American American family field is going to be a, a good place for him. You know, I just hope the rumors with his attitude, you know, don't really come to light, you know, in Milwaukee, um, you know, cause I kind of like Milwaukee. I like Craig council, Christine Yelich, all those guys. So I'm, I'm hoping he goes in, slots in and helps them, uh, you know, be a playoff team in 2023. So, yep. I think he'll, I think he'll play a lot of DH and, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, we originally got him from Cincinnati, right? So he's very familiar with, uh, the NL central and he's going to play a lot of games in the same ballparks that he really raked in in previous years. Mm -hmm. So I think it was I think it was a smart move by the Brewers to do that. So, um, yeah, we'll see. And, and we talk about, you know, Rafael Soriano being the best person out of that trade. Montero, Montero, um, Montero. Or sorry, did I say Soriano? Yeah. Holy crap, Rafael Soriano, flat, former blast, Mariners blast player. Fat, My bad. Yep. Thank you. Actually, I got a couple when we talk about the Angels coming up, but um, yeah, uh, we we talk about him being the best player in that trade. Uh, again, Suarez being the best player in the Winker trade. It just it still blows my mind. It still blows my mind that we got Suarez and he's doing what he's doing in a Mariners uniform. So, um, yeah, moving on. <laughs> so, 
Um, yeah, outside of the Mariners, uh, God, there has been some big contracts thrown around this week. Uh, I think the biggest one that could have the biggest effect on us is uh, DeGrom, Jacob DeGrom, going to the Rangers. Uh, all we have in here is a uh, crap ton of money. But what, what's his contract sitting at right now? Man, I uh, I think it's five years, $185 million. Which oh my god. See which so while we were watching, well so I had MLB Network paused in the background, right? And they actually they actually flashed mm-hmm. up they actually flashed up Jacob DeGrom and they have his injury history here, right? And I'm just gonna read you the industry the industry injury history on him. Are you ready for this? Okay. Scapula yep. scapula, twenty twenty two injury, forearm injury, October July to October twenty twenty one, side back injury, May of twenty twenty one. Elbow injury, April twenty April twenty nineteen. Elbow injury, May twenty eighteen. Ulnar nerve surgery, September to October, October twenty seven two thousand seventeen, and then a rotator cuff injury in October of two thousand fourteen. So that's who the that's who the Rangers decided to spend one hundred eighty five million dollars on. And hey, I credit them, right? The Mariners aren't going to dip their toes, I think, into free agency as large as the the Rangers. There's a whole bunch of other teams that aren't going to do that, right? Um, so they're taking a big risk here, and it's a huge it's a huge upside if Jacob Degrom comes back, right? Like he's an immediate mm-hmm. Cy Young candidate for any team that he plays for. He's immediately the probably the best pitcher in baseball when he's healthy. But um, mm-hmm. I just uh, yeah, like I, like I said last week, I just this Rangers team still feels like it's a couple pieces away, right? And I just uh, I feel yeah. like they might have just misread their time and place right now. Yeah, and and I made a joke when the deal was announced through text message to you and our friend Cody. Um, you know, it, it's funny they're paying him all this money, and they might might get ten starts a year, maybe if they're lucky. You know, he can't stay off the IL. Uh, he's not pitched over 100 innings since 2019. I mean, granted, one of those years was a COVID year, but, I mean, I it just astounds me that they paid him $185 million to, to come in and be on the IL. I'm with you on, on him being the best pitcher in baseball. He's got nasty stuff when he's healthy. Like, right. like really nasty stuff. But... Um, you know, there's also some noticeable things that you saw and, and kind of um, we're looking at when, when the Rangers signed, he had a home run spike in 2022. Um, you know, they, again, the innings thing's a, a big thing. To the innings thing. And then, um, uh, I mean, he relies on like a, a fastball. that's up in the upper nineties, right? 99, 98. And yeah, he's one of the, he's like, one of the he's... best. He's one of the best. He can probably, he's, I, there's no doubt that I don't think he can continue it, but he's also, um, he's also on the wrong side of 30, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as some of that, uh, if some of that velocity goes right, um, you know, the, the difference between your, your fastball and your changeup or the difference of the, you know, the speed between your fastball and your breaking stuff, the, the, the smaller that gap gets, right. The, the, mm-hmm. um, you know, the less effective your pitches become. So, We'll see if he can continue to that upper nineties fastball, then I think he's going to be a, uh, going to be a pain for the Mariners the entire year. So I think how many games, how many games do you think he pitches against the Mariners? Um, if, if there was an over under prop bet in Vegas and that prop bet was 12 starts, I'd bet the under 
12 starts, 12 starts overall for like in base for for a season or for for per season, per season. I'm I'm talking 2023. Gotcha. If 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 there was a prop bet in Vegas that was like over under 12 starts for DeGrom, I would bet the under. All right. You know, which sucks cuz you want the best players out there regardless if they're on your team or not. You want the best players out there. I want DeGrom to be out there a little less against the Mariners, but he just hasn't proven that in four years now. So, well, so I actually five years, six years, a, a long time. <laughs> so, yeah. I think for, time. from a Mariners perspective, right. Um, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how we do against him. Right. I, I think we're, yeah. I think we are, um, I think we're destined to kind of face him at least, couple times maybe i would say i think we play the 13 games against him so maybe we get yeah. one or two of those but i think we're probably going to see him i don't know i think maybe three times four times somewhere in there i think that's maybe a possibility i don't know we'll see um but uh yeah, yeah gonna be a tough one even when we face him so. yeah yeah and, and i'm gonna key on something you said earlier uh the rangers are still really far away yeah great they get Degrom, and if he turns it around great you've got a number one you still need a pitcher that could come in and pitch when Degrom's not pitching, you know, and and I just don't think they have that yet. There's still a few pieces away on their their pitching staff, so Agreed. yeah, Degrom's Degrom's a big one. Uh, another pitcher actually today that um kind of has the inverse effect. You know, it doesn't really um, hurt the Mariners. It actually probably helps them. Um, Justin Verlander. Uh, DeGrom left the Mets. Verlander's going to the Mets. Two years, $86 million. That just means the Astros lose their quote-unquote ace. I mean, granted, he's had some injury problems, but uh, he, uh, you know, he's not in the AL West, so good riddance, Mr. Upton. Yeah, I don't have much to say on Justin Verlander. Just another guy that's getting $43 million. Um pitch a season so mm-hmm. uh um that's uh it's a lot of money so uh no like uh, i think we talked to the astros last week i i thought i don't i'm i think they should have brought him back because like i i thought framber is really good but like i don't know if framber is like ace ace material right like yeah. um, lance mccullers is trending a little bit down um, I think feel like Christian Javier overperformed a little bit last year, so we'll see. But uh, no, super happy that he's gone, and probably don't have to face him next year at all. So um, I'm happy with yep. it. Yep. Yep. If you're gonna mention the rest of the Astros pitching staff, we need to bring up Luis Garcia because, um, God dang, do, does uh, do I get older every time he pitches? Because it takes him five and a half years to throw one pitch. Yeah, dude, my his windup is ridiculous yeah yeah i don't like it it's 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 funky yeah it's super funky yeah actually sidebar there he is used as a troll on mlb the show if someone is pitching luis garcia on mlb the show you know it's going to be a long game because his windup is just as long on there so now you know (laughs) uh one of the big four shortstops got signed today uh trey turner Going to the Phillies for a crap ton of money. 11 years, $300 million. Uh, you do the math on that, 
Bo Quick Maths, I think, says that's about $27 million a year. $27 million, yep. About $27 million a year, yep. <sighs> Somewhere in there. I, I am happy the Mariners did not spend that on him. That is going to be a contract that is an abatross. So... Yeah, I mean, this is the this is the trade off, right? It's like the Phillies now jump up to uh, you can. I think a lot of people still really really like the Braves in the East, but like the now the Phillies jump up to you know somewhere in that status with like the Braves and the Mets and the rest of the NL East. So like, I think that's the question now of like, do you? do you spend a lot of money to like, just go for it? And if you get a world series out of it, was it worth it? Right. I think that's the question, right. If I guess I'm not, I think we can kind of dive into some of this, right. But like if the Mariners went and got out and they went and got Carlos Correa or um, Xander Bogarts or, um, you know, or Trey Turner like this, right. And they went and spent all this money and you got a world series out of it. Right. Um, sure. You are going to have to eat the back end of that contract, but was the World Series worth it, right? Like, I, I guess mm-hmm. that's the that's the trade-off you kind of have to make with some of these. Um, and I think the Phillies are really well-positioned right now. So if the Phillies, I guess that's, like, you know, that's the question. If they win a World Series out of it, was the contract worth it? Um, and, you know, yeah. I don't think we'll know that until well, you know, next year or so. Yep. I, I saw a crazy stat, and I can't remember where I saw it. I should have saved it when I saw it. But the Phillies have basically a um, billion dollars in about eight players. They have Harper, Romuto, Castellanos, um, Schwarber, Turner, and then I think Wheeler and Noah. Mm. I think all fit under that. Just those players on the Phillies roster, 100 mil- or 100 a billion dollars in contract money, which is is wild to me. You know, I mean, it kind of seems like they're becoming the new uh, Los Angeles Dodgers at this point, or the New York Yankees of old. I mean, there's a lot of ways to build a baseball team, right? Um, and if you're mm-hmm. if you're not confident in your farm system, right, or your ability to make trades or what have you, right, then you might as well just go sign guys, right? Um, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think our guy, Jerry, I think, uh, you know, we're going to get into the Mariners notes a little bit, but I think Jerry is a uh, very much prefers to trade, right? Um, he prefers to make a trade mm-hmm. rather than sign somebody, which I think has caused a little discourse in the Mariner community. Right. But, um, mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, there's many rivers to build, uh, the many rivers is the, of, of the Pat Gillick days, right. To build baseball teams. Right. And, um, Jerry just has a different way of doing it than some others. So, um, yep. yep. I think for the free agencies, uh, free agency is a welcome path, right? If you're, if you're willing to, well, if you're willing to sacrifice that and you have an owner that's motivated, motivated to do it. Yep. yep. Uh, a couple other things to note before we move on to the Mariners notes, Matt Boyd, uh, signs back with the Tigers. Um, I know you mentioned to me, um, a couple days ago through text, you think Matt Boyd's going back to the Tigers to start? Um, I can see that too. Um, so um, thank you for your contributions, Matt Boyd. And hopefully, you know, you do successful with the Tigers. Um, and then the last note 
going back to the Astros for a second, uh, Dusty Baker came out a couple days ago and said that they are interested in free agent catcher Wilson Contreras, um, best catcher on the market currently, so that would be a big get for them. Um, and then they are interested in Benintendi. Um, you know, if they go and sign one or both of those players, Bo, uh, you know, does that move the needle for them? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I also just saw that they're probably likely interested in somebody else. We're going to talk about Sean Murphy from the from the from the A's today. So obviously they want to fill some holes in that catcher. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, if they get Wilson Contreras or Sean Murphy, like that person's going to they're going to bat one through six in their order. And um, you know, I reference I reference roster resource a lot. Like Jeremy Pena right now in that order is going to bat like seven, right? If you add Sean Murphy or Wilson Contreras to it, right? So just imagine, okay? Um, mm-hmm. So like I said, this is a team that I thought their offense was trending a little bit down. So it makes sense that they're trying to build it back up. And uh, those guys are going to be, uh, those guys are going to help it quite a bit if they get added there. So we'll see. I hope it's not Sean Murphy. I hope Billy Bean's smart enough not to trade within the division, but weirder stuff has happened. So, uh, moving on, uh, Mariners notes. Um, you know, you said earlier, Jerry DePoto, uh, you know, there's some, there's some fans, there's some rumblings, um, that he's not spending as much as fans want. Um, I don't know what's your take on that. I feel like it's just a slow process. There's not a lot of movement, you know, until the winter meetings. So, yeah, I think the, I think the, well, he talked about like the Mariners have, um, yeah, they have more future commitments than like two other teams in baseball past 2024. Right. Um, Mm-hmm. And some people kind of felt that that was a little bit of a cop out of a way to like say that we're we're not going to spend money or we're not going to try to go get you know one of the big names that are out there. Um, and mm-hmm. I you know I agree with that probably to a point. It does sound like if I, like if if I was trying to describe right like my actions for doing something, I would probably describe it in a similar way, right? So I get the point, mm-hmm. and I think that we have a very pro like labor. Um, you know, plural PA fan base, right? And I think that, you know, they're going to be like, oh, why don't you just spend the money? We have the money. You know, there's these billionaires to do all this and everything else. And I get that perspective, but I just think there are a lot of different ways to build a baseball team. Your general manager doesn't really prefer to do it that way. Um, you know, he lived through the whole pool halls era with Josh Hamilton era and everything else back with the angels. Right. I just don't think he prefers mm-hmm. to really build it that way. And I think he's also looking at, we've also talked in the past, like, you know, if you go sign Xander Bogarts, that's going to limit your ability to re-sign George Kirby or to re-sign Logan Gilbert in the future. Right. So like, um, mm-hmm. payroll is going to be a fixed thing. Right. I know people don't want it to be a fixed thing, but um, you know, there's just going to be a certain point where it doesn't make sense for some of these businessmen to really say, we're going to throw everything in the kitchen sink. Right. And, um, you know, I think that's just kind of the reality that we have to live with. Right. So yes, I think if we had Xander Bogarts or if we had Carlos, uh, heck, even Carlos Correa, um, you know, we would be like all up in our, I would be like, we would be very ecstatic about this, the way this team is going to go next year, but um, I think mm-hmm. there's just a reality of like, I already talked about the future that we want to build for it and everything else. Um, 
And I think if we sometimes do that right now, right, you might run into a, like what we talked about before with Jason Hayward in a previous episode, right, where, you know, you're going to lose your ability to sign people in the future and it may not always work mm-hmm. out the way you want it to. <clears throat> yep, yep. And it's, I don't, I don't know if it's something that these, these quote-unquote fans aren't realizing. You know, I'm not trying to knock anyone that's a fan of the Mariners, but our young players are going to progress every year. I mean, the jump for, for Logan Gilbert from last year, or two years ago to last year, um, was was substantial. You know, obviously, guys like Kalenic aren't aren't improving well, but, I mean, we're going to see a big jump from Julio. Kirby's going to come in and continue to, to bring the heat and get better every start. So, I mean, I, I get where DePoto's saying, you know, we're, we've got the future in-house. You know, and, and you're just, if you do sign Xander, you sign Carlos Correa, you sign Dansby Swanson, you know, you, you give someone a big contract, that just means we're not signing someone in the future. You know, Kirby's going to get good enough after his arbitration, you know, whether we sign him through his arbitration years or we wait until after arbitration and he goes to free agency, he's going to be worth a lot of money. Logan Gilbert, same way. You know, and we've got substantial money tied up in Robbie Ray in Luis Castillo. Those are our now guys. You know, Julio is going to be with us, hopefully, for his whole career for the next 15 years. You know, so, I mean, I think people need to, to taper their uh, their expectations a little bit. We, we can root for our guys to go out, for, for DePoto to go out and spend money, but he's been through it before, and look where that got him with the Angels. That got him fired. So Yeah, and... Yeah. I mean, talking from experience of a Mariner fan, right? I mean, you can just go down the list of Scott Spezio, of Sean Figgins, of Richie Sexton, of Adrian Beltre, of, you know, the free agents that just uh, didn't really pan out, right? And that's not a case to, like, mm-hmm. not sign a free agent, right? Every once in a while, you're going to get a Nelson Cruz, right? Or, um, yeah, mm-hmm. the, I, I will say the first couple of years of Robinson Cano's deal was perfectly fine, right? Um, so, I, I would say almost... All but the last part of the year he was with us, like he was still a very consistent hitter. Right, right. You know, um, but, but uh, yeah, I think I get the, I get the, I get the rationale because like if you added one of these guys, we immediately put ourselves in a, maybe a higher category, right? Of like we're we t- mm-hmm. we're getting closer to the Astros, and maybe without it, we're not quite there. But um, again, many rivers to build a team, and we have a general manager and kind of a. Of you know a front office that you know has their way they want to do things and um you know i uh they're i think they're pretty realistic about their situation and um you know i don't have any issue with it yeah and i think we're kind of seeing it with the astros right now you know you brought up astros should have brought back verlander you know for the money he got does that mean that later on you know when you need to to get a contract extension for uh, Jordan Alvarez. You might not have the money there, you know? So, yep. um, you know, there's just a lot of factors into it. So, um, yeah. But anyways, uh, moving on a little bit there. Uh, little mention here from the KBO, Bo. I, I can't say this guy's name, so you got to help me out with this. Yeah, I think it's Eric Jokish. 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 Yes. Jokish. Yep. Okay. Um, a little interest there from the Mariners. It sounds like, um, 
He, you know, we got Flexen from the KBO. Um, how does he profile, Bo? I know you told me before, but no, he's a left-hander. That's about all I know. Yeah, he's a left-hander. He's primarily started. I mean, he has, you know, been a starter since he's been in the KBO, but he, uh, he was a former um, Chicago Cubs pick back in 2010, so he's uh, a little on the older side of the baseball side, 33. But um, it looks like he might um, make the jump back over to America. He's been in the KBO the last couple of seasons, um, Korean Baseball League, that is, right? Um, but he's been pretty effective over mm-hmm. there. Um, you know, he is a left-hander, so I think that's why the Mariners are likely interested in him, right? Um, not going to really knock you out with his stuff, right? Kind of a higher, a high 80s fastball. Um, so I'll be curious to see if he does make the jump, if he comes in as a reliever, or if they want to, if they want to try to try him as a fifth starter. But um, might just be uh, something to keep your eye on of the, the Mariners kind of signing him. Won't be too much of a big splash at all. Won't even be truly to like a Chris Flexen level, but. Um, could just be the left-hander the Mariners might be looking for. So we'll see. Yep. 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 Um, so with with the trade for Colton Wong, um, obviously the priority is shifting back to the outfielder or to the outfield. We still need a left fielder. Um, and we heard some news this week of a player in Pittsburgh that um, he, he requested a trade from the Pirates um, by the name of Brian Reynolds. Uh, all-star center fielder for them. Um, can really hit really well in a pitcher-friendly park. Um, I'd love to have him on the Mariners. But I just... I don't know if we have... We're going to have to trade for him. I don't know if we have the um, the depth in the farm system to sign him. Or to, to trade for him. What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think Brian Reynolds is just the it's like the um I, I, I kind of feel like Brian Reynolds is just the girl that's just too hot for you, right? Like he's just, like Brian Reynolds and the like the Pirates, like they just I think they want a lot for Brian Reynolds, which I get that right, but like um uh, you know, they think they asked for like Julio in the past. Everybody asked for Julio and all sorts of trades, but like, um, mm-hmm. I think pragmatically the Mariners don't really have the pieces, right? Even if they started with Harry Ford, um, the, uh, the pirates are pretty top heavy on the catcher side of things, right? With Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis. So even mm-hmm. if you started with Henry Ford, Harry, Henry Ford, if, even if you started with Harry Ford, I feel like that doesn't get you very far. And then I think you're immediately talking about having need to get rid of, um, Cole Young, Emerson Hancock, and Taylor Dollard probably right off the top to get him. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, I don't think it really makes sense. Like you can probably throw in, maybe if you throw in a Kalenic into the trade instead of a Cole Young, maybe that starts to move the needle a little bit, but I don't even know if that um, is something that the Pirates are really looking for. So I just don't think the Mariners have the pieces to, to get him. I would love to get him. I feel like that would be that inches us closer, much closer, right? Um, but mm-hmm. um, unless we're going to give up some of our major league talent, right? Um, coupled with um, like our top prospects like Cole Young and Taylor Dollard, um, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Um, you think if we would have traded for Brian Reynolds at the trade deadline last year, instead of doing the least Castillo deal, 
you think they would have took uh, Noel V. Marte and Edwin Arroyo for for Brian Reynolds? Or you think even that wouldn't have been enough? Um, I think that probably would have been enough because Reynolds did not have as good of a 2022 as his 2021. Like his 20, like his highest trade value was absolutely last offseason, right? I think that's when the Pirates probably mm-hmm. should have traded him because they would have gotten the most out of him. So. He didn't have as he didn't have quite as good as a twenty twenty two right, so I think the Mariner that deal probably would have gotten him right, but um, I just think mm-hmm. that his trade value is just less now, and they're they're trying to trade him like he's still that twenty twenty guy that was in twenty twenty one where he was uh, he was a really really good baseball player in twenty twenty one, and he was still was a good baseball player mm-hmm. in twenty twenty two, but maybe not as good I would say. I think he you know he struck out a little bit more, walked a little bit less, so. Um, I think they're still trying to trade him like that. I just don't know if he is um, at that at that capacity or at that level that he was. So, um, yeah. I mean, realistically, going after a left fielder. I mean, who? You know, you said Yoshida um, last week and the week before and the week before. Um, you know, if we if we stray away from them, realistically. I mean, who who's gonna be our target? You know, if we're not going after Reynolds and someone post bigger for Yoshida's rights. I mean, yeah. I I just don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's a version of this off season where it just kind of goes all wrong, right? Like, um, I don't think mm-hmm. we're. Um, I mean, we've probably made calls to Andrew Benintendi's team, right, to see um, what the price tech is, but. Um, yeah, it'd be a little disheartening to like end up like no no disrespect to some of the guys, right? But like a Jerkerson Profar or something like that, which I think would still be a fine, right? Fine get if we ended up with somebody at that level, right? But um, mm-hmm. you know, and I do want to say, if worst comes to worst, I think you mentioned this, right? Um, I honestly don't see any reason why we just couldn't bring back Mitch Haniger, right? Um, if no, worst comes, yeah, to, I feel like Mitch Haniger might be our might be our backup option at this point, but um, I feel like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Mitch Haniger would bat a very strong, very solid one through seven of the batting order, right? But in addition to Colton Wong. So um, I mm-hmm. kind of feel like if worse comes to worse, that's where we should reach out to, right? Um, but after that, it uh, gets, uh, gets a little thin. So um, yeah, that's kind of the way I see it unfolding if it all goes, if it all goes wrong on that front. Yeah, yeah. And then a couple other things to note for the Mariners before we get into uh, our meat and potatoes of the day. Um, Mariners were named the Organization of the Year by Baseball America in 2022. Um, I think that's rightfully earned. Uh, Pete Woodworth, Baseball America's uh, 2022 MLB Coach of the Year. Um, and Julio, you know, another accolade for Julio, uh, All-MLB second team. Um, I know the, the All-MLB stuff. It's a little, uh, I say a little less prestigious because it is voted on by the fans. Um, so, but it's it's still a cool accolade to see that there are fans out there, regardless if they're Mariners fans or not, um, seeing that Julio is probably the future of the game. You know, so uh, you know, good job, Julio. And then, uh, you know, like we've mentioned for weeks and weeks and weeks, the, the winter meetings are finally almost here. You know, there's there's some big things going on. Like Aaron Judge will be there in person. Supposedly, he's gonna um, announce which team he's signing with. 
So, you know, big stuff on the horizon for uh, the Mariners and all the rest of the MLB teams. So anything to add before we uh, move on, Bo? Nope, just some pretty cool stuff. Uh, I really like Pete Woodworth winning Coach of the Year, right? We've talked numerous times mm-hmm. just about um, how good the Mariners have done on the pitching side of things those last couple of years, and he's just been with the organization, kind of working with guys in the minor league levels, and he's just uh, he's demonstrated um, just how good he is as a pitching coach all the way up from, you know, um, Modesto to Arkansas and not the major league level, so it's uh, – it's good to see him get recognized because I feel like, um, yeah, it's one thing that's kind of kept this team really going these last couple of years. Indeed, indeed. Um, all right, so uh, yeah, that was a that went longer than we expected there. Um, <laughs> uh, the the meat and the potatoes of the day, the the bulk of what we wanted to get to. Um, last week we did the Texas teams in the division. Um, we you know I covered Texas. Bo covered the Astros. This week we're doing the California teams of the AL West. Um, I ended up taking the Angels. Bo took the Athletics. Um, so, Bo, where, where do we want to start? you want to start with the Athletics? Sure. Rosie on with the Angels? Yeah, yeah the so Athletics are not going to be as a – well, um, I would say there's not a ton to cover from the Athletics side. Um, I think they'll be uh, – they're kind of I th- I think the athletics have done the the smart thing, right? The athletics I think have looked at uh the Mariners, they've looked at the Astros, they looked at what the Rangers are doing, they've looked at the Angels being, you know, relatively good. And I think the the Astro the athlete the athletics are kinda of taking the opposite way. They're gonna try to rebuild this from the ground up and see how it kinda of works mm-hmm. out for them, right? Kinda of do the athletics thing where they get a bunch of guys that We'll just kind of see how they pan out. They're going to make a lot of trades um, and just kind of collect a number of players and ultimately just, you know, bring those guys up at a certain point and see what they got, right? Just kind of do what the A's do. Um, I think, like you said, you know, Sean Murphy's, I think, the big name from their lineup. I would imagine that he's going to get moved sooner rather than later um, Mm -hmm. for some prospects at some point. I also see guys in their lineup like Ramon Laureano, um and probably Cole Irvine getting moved at some point as well. Um may not be maybe not be closer to maybe be closer a little bit to the this year's trade deadline, but um we'll see. Um but yeah, they have a lot of young guys on the team. They have a lot of guys that um I want to say are those classic A's where they've just kind of called them up and they've ended up being really good, like Seth Brown, right? Um former mm-hmm. LCSE player, mm-hmm. right? Um Lewis of Clark State. So um go what is their what is their mascot the warriors, the warriors. yep go, go um, warriors. so that's pretty cool to see <laughs> but um yeah seth brown i felt like it was just a classic oakland a where they just had him in the minors for a little bit brought him up when he was in his mid-20s and um ended up being pretty good baseball player um yep so yep. pretty classic on that side um i do say that the a's uh they have a relatively decent farm system. They're a little top heavy with Tyler Sodostrom, who will be um, up at some point uh, in this year, I would imagine. Um, and then they also have um, a couple other guys here. Uh, Ken Waldachuk, you'll probably, the Mariners will probably face him a couple times next year. And Luis Mid- I think we faced him at the end of the year last year, didn't we? I think we? we did. I think he started the. 
the game that we clinched, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> on September 30th, I, think, I can't remember, but he did he did pitch well against the Mariners in that game, though. So, um, so, he so did. yeah, so he I did. mean, something to watch. He might be, uh, he's a pretty highly ranked prospect. Um, Luis Medina is another one. Um, but this team will, uh, yeah, we're going to kind of see what they've kind of got next year, the A's, right? They're going to call up a bunch of guys, and typically when the A's do that, they typically end up finding um hell one or two all-stars out of that right <laughs> so um oh yeah that's just yeah. the way the a's do things so um i think the from a mayor's perspective right um they're uh i think they're gonna do pretty well against the a's next year i think the a's are gonna take a big step back um the pitching side of the thing i think they're gonna struggle for them while they kind of call up a bunch of young guys to see what they've got um but uh you know i have the mariners probably going nine and four ten and three against the a's next year somewhere in there um but you know i think the big thing with the a's is um is uh their team and their ownership and like if they're gonna move right i think that's gonna be the big story with them Mm -hmm. over the next year like what's the situation with the ballpark are they moving to las vegas um you know stuff that doesn't really affect the mariners too much right maybe a market move maybe triggers the a's to spend a little bit more and try to be a little bit more aggressive i don't know um but uh yeah that's kind of the big stuff with the a's i would say they'll be busy on the trading front um but the mariners should uh the mariners should be able to handle the a's pretty easily next season Mm -hmm. and it's funny you bring up the um potential move to la or not to la to las vegas um you, you mentioned that their average attendance in the notes mentioned the average attendance was a little over 9800 in 2021 um, there was a lot of videos coming out, um, whether it be on different social media sites or, or was the press um, highlighting it, just how bad the Oakland Coliseum is. I mean, that stadium is literally falling apart. Um, so, I mean, they're if, if they're going to stay in Oakland, they need a new stadium. And obviously, you know, Manfred, you know, isn't optimistic and and i feel like he wants to move them to vegas he's seeing like uh you know how how good the raiders are doing in vegas um attendance wise and all that i think it's easier in vegas you know you get a lot of the uh casual fans that go to the games that go and visit vegas to go and gamble and stuff like that oh i can go catch a baseball or i can go a baseball game or i can go catch a football game you know so I, I would see why the appeal for Vegas, you know, would be in Manfred's mind. But uh, if they do, you know, stay in Oakland, they absolutely are going to need a new stadium. Yep. Yep. hundred um, percent. And we'll see how it all unfolds. I, I think that the situation is just a little muddied, like who's paying for the stadium, who would do anything with it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of the way the A's ownership may want it to be. It's just like a little muddled. So like it gives them more of an incentive to move to Las Vegas, but um, yep. yeah, something to, something to follow to see what happens with them next season. But that might be the, one of the more exciting things that happens with the A's next year. So um Yep. From uh, from yep. that though, that's kind of the the highlights and the lowlights for the A's. Yep. Again, pretty quick and simple on that. There's not not much going on. I think he didn't mention. I don't know if he mentioned the record sixty and one hundred two in twenty twenty two. That was good for fifth in the AL West. So, and Mariners went eleven and eight against them. So, probably much the same. Um, against the A's in twenty twenty three. Uh. Moving on, uh, you know, 
Los Angeles Angels. Uh, they had a very, very good April and ended up being very disappointing the rest of the season. Um, it went 73 and 89 in 2022. Um, had the AL West lead on May 2nd, was up by 2.5 games. They were 14 and 8 in April, you know, really playing really good baseball. And after that, they didn't see, um, they didn't go 500 again in a month until September. And September, they went like 14 and 12. So it wasn't really a great month in September. Um, more of middle of the road. Uh, they had two managers in 2022. Uh, Joe Madden went 27-29. And then there was a story about after he got axed, because he did get axed, that he uh, was trying to fire up his team and he shaved his hair into a mohawk. And I guess right after that, he uh, he got the axe. So um, I really like Joe Madden. Kind of kind of cr- crappy to hear that, you know, um, because who they who they had take over as the uh, the interim manager, and I think uh, he got the full manager position this year. Phil Nevin really uh, really didn't do great. Forty six and sixty the rest of the way, including and I had to put this. He went zero and one in fights against the Mariners. So we're undefeated against the angels in fights, you know, rest in peace, Jerry, Jesse Winker, you know, you had to be sacrificed for us to be one to know, but you know, good stuff there. Uh, Perry Minishan's the, uh, the GM for the team. Uh, I, I know you're looking at the sheet right now. Fun fact, uh, Jeremy Reed, it was was the hitting coach last year. I don't think that's the case this year. I think he got fired. Um, and Paul Sorrento was a hitting instructor for the team, which another former Mariner of the uh, the mid early to mid nineties there. So um, little little Mariners ties in that organization. Um, the I think I screwed this up. Um, I have that they were 10 and nine against the Mariners in 2022. I think that's flipped. I think the Mariners went 10 and nine against them. So um, let me just check that real quickly just to make sure that my stats are right. Um, you know, they, they, a lot of those wins came before the fight. And then afterwards it kind of seemed all downhill against the Mariners. Um, so I've got it right here. Oh nope, they were they were ten and nine against the Mariners last season. They were over five hundred. So, um, <clears throat> yep. Uh, basically, the team revolves around two players: uh, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pose this question a little bit to you because I think you have a, a a pretty good thought on this. Um, we know Shohei is going to be an MVP candidate, and he, you know, he could potentially leave the Angels next season. Um, but I know you put this in the show notes. Mike Trout is he damaged goods at this point? What do you what do you feel in there? Um, so I think he's damaged goods. I think he's you know has some serious back problems and everything else, right? Um, but uh, when he plays, right, he's you know, the, one of the best players in baseball, probably the best player in baseball when he's healthy and active. I think that, um, you know, you look at his, um, statistical lines and they've kind of been, 
declining a little bit every single year. Um, mm-hmm. And in 2021, he was really good for the games that he played, but um, again, he got injured, right? Um, but I think the thing that kind of strikes to me a little uh, strikes me a little bit is that he keeps striking out more and more, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, he was always a little bit of a strikeout. Uh, strikeout um, liability on that front but um you know when you hit 41 home runs right guys that hit more home runs actually have a little bit of a correlation to strikeouts right like it's kind of what you expect with some of that right um but uh, yep. he's striking out you know almost a quarter you know well over a quarter of the time right now right um and i just wonder if that some of it is the back issues like just not catching up to the ball like he used to so i, I do question right um if there is a little bit of a, um, you know, I think uh, injuries that are nagging him to a point of he's just not as great as he used to be. Now, having that mm-hmm. said, right, um, his, you know, weighted on base percentage, right, is still in the 400s, right? Um, so he's still, as, a, as an injured player, he's still, um, you know, uh, absolutely an MVP candidate, all-star, etc. cetera. So um, if he gets healthy, um, you know, we're talking about the Angels doing some real damage against the Mariners, but um, I don't know if you can count on him for, um, you know, I don't think you can count on him for a full, I think he played, you know, he played four consistent, four or five, four years of 157 games plus, right? You don't think you can trust him to do that at all anymore, right? So um, no. maybe no. I think you're talking about 130, 140 at the high end, right? But um, I think probably yeah. where he ended up this year, right around 120, between 110, between 100 and 120, is maybe more realistic for Mike Trout at this point. Yep, yep. And one thing I mentioned before the show when we were going over show notes, uh, this is the same type of in- injury that uh, David Wright had to retire over. David Wright, a a uh, Mets legend, you know, he came up around the same time as. Uh, Jose Reyes and was really the face of the Mets. Um, he was, if I'm not mistaken, he was the captain of that team um, and then got the back injury that, that Mike Trout's dealing with and uh, was never the same. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to watch um, as we go forward with Mike Trout, you know, to, to see if he, you know, can continue on the path that, he's been known to be on he's a he's a proven killer when it comes to hitting against mariners pitching i'm pretty sure he probably owns the record at this point um you know for home runs by an opposing player against the mariners so uh yeah mike trout uh and shoei otani being the the two players they had they had two players this season kind of break out but it it was kind of more first half second half um first half taylor ward uh, kind of broke out. Um, he he ended the the year with a two eighty one batting average, twenty three home runs, three point seven WAR. Um, so he he did well, but like a lot of his his uh, time came in the first half, where he ended up uh, being an all star, and then um, Luis from Gifo really had a good second half of the season for the Angels. I think it was more so a, a really good eight, uh, August and September, um, but he had a 2.4 war, 17 home runs, batted 264, which is um, 30 points above his uh, career average. Um, so, uh, 
you know, they there was a couple positives there for for a season that really was a down season. Um, one of their their big question marks, I know, going into twenty twenty three, is what's going to happen with Jared Walsh. Um, Jared Walsh kind of hit the scene as the guy that replaced Albert Pujols when Pujols' time was up with the Angels. Um, uh, twenty twenty one had a all star season. Um, you know, hits. I think it was 25 home runs batted around 250, 260, um, and then heavily regressed last year. Um, negative 0.7 war, 15 home runs, 200, uh, 215 batting average, only 44 RBIs. Um, I think he was hurt a little bit last season too, but, um, you know, he was, he was a guy that was supposed to step up and, and take over for Pujols. I mean, Pujols wasn't doing much, but, um, you know, they had high hopes for him and, and really um, he hasn't shown that he's the future um, for the first base in LA. And, and it's funny because, you know, whereas the athletics, you were talking about them being kind of stacked in the, um, the minor leagues being stacked in the farm system. Um, the angels are not stacked at all. Um, some of the rankings I saw from about mid season to late in the season last year, the angels had the, 30th overall farm system, which is dead last in the majors. Um, the only guy that I could really find anything on that they're high on is Logan O'Hop. He's a catcher. Um, and then I saw a little bit on uh, uh, Levon Soto. Um, but other than that, um, they don't really have anything in the wings. So I think a lot of their stuff, you know, we, we talked about the Mariners, um, you know, wanting to build their team with, uh, with guys that are in their system. The Angels, if they're going to be competitive, They've got to they've got to spend some money, you know. They did acquire Hunter Renfro through a trade and kind of cleared out the rest of their farm system, um, but but they're certainly going to be a, a team that's going to have to spend money to uh, to be competitive, and it, that's hard to do with you know the contracts that they're paying Mike Trout and and Shohei Otani at this point, um, or maybe the future of Shohei Otani. So. so they also just picked up a reliever, I think, too, right? Carlos, uh, Carlos Estevez. Um, yep, do you yep. think? They, do you they... think they're? Do you think they're done on that front? Do you think there's going to be maybe one or two more pieces that they add, or do you think? Where do you think they kind of go there? I... See, I don't know. Whereas we think the the Rangers are, you know, really. They're making all these big money deals and they're not really getting anywhere. I, I can't, I don't know what to gauge the angels at because mm. you have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. You should be looking at the playoffs every year yet. Now they own one of the longest playoff droughts in the MLB currently, you know um, it's, I, I don't think they're done, but they're still a long ways from being a competitive team. Um, their pitching wasn't too bad in 2022, um, but they still should probably get better pitching, um, especially the bullpen. Um, the bullpen blew a lot of games. Their starting pitching was a lot better, um, and, and statistically they were kind of middle of the road, like 12, 13 in baseball when it came to stuff like ERA, you know, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, if, if they're going to want to get competitive, they're going to have to find a bullpen. And, and you know, I, I just don't think they're doing too much in movement outside of Carlos Estevez, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's, it's hard. And one of the signings they made this season, um, or this 
offseason so far was for Tyler Anderson. Three years, $39 million. Not very big contract. He did have a 15-5 record, 257 ERA, 138Ks, 1.00 whip with the Dodgers last season. Um, I, I don't think that shores up their pitching enough for him. I, I mean, it's not like a C.J. Wilson-type contract, a little throwback there, you know, where, where they signed C.J. Wilson to a big-name contract. He came out and did squat. You know, I, I could see that happening with Tyler Anderson, former Mariner, you know, good innings eater, but not very overpowering stuff. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, I took the long way around for your answer, but I I, I don't know. I, I think they shouldn't be done but it wouldn't be surprising if they were done, you know, on, on that front. Right. Yeah. And I just wonder, um, I don't even remember how many games I'm trying to remember. He got hurt, but, um, I know Anthony Rendon signed a huge contract with them. Um, and he's hardly played Mm -hmm. any games with them. Right. And I feel like Anthony Rondon is a little bit of a case of like, maybe why you don't spend a lot of money on guys occasionally. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I think he had a good COVID year, but, um, and we'll see if he kind of, he had an all right COVID year, but it's just, yeah, I just, uh, I think they're paying him close to $40 million a year. Right. And it's just, um, Mm -hmm. that's a case of like why you don't want to sign some of these guys. Right. Um, I just feel like the angels have just been a, a team that's made just bad decisions over the last almost decade. Right. Like I just feel like they've just sent obviously Otani and Otani was a good one, but just think of it like they've just been plagued by just bad contracts and bad decisions over the last couple of years. And I think you've hit it perfectly there, right? They've just never invested in their farm system. And I feel like that's, no, that's continuously hurt them. No, it's surprising that they went and got a guy like Hunter Renfro from the, I mean, the Brewers, it seems like they're kind of fire selling everything, but they kind of traded the last of their at least decent pieces in the farm system to get Hunter Renfro. They traded Jansen junk, Elvis Peguero, Adam Samarius, and one guy that I haven't mentioned, you know, that you brought up before we started the show, Gio Urshela, got traded for Alejandro Hildago. So, like, that's it. You know, they've got Logan O'Hop, and that's their farm system, you know. So it's it's if they want to be competitive, they're going to have to spend money. But realistically, how much money can you spend with all those big contracts? You know, and there's multiple needs that they need. You know, they – they really struggled at the bottom of the order. Like, obviously, you got Shoei, you got Mike Trout in the middle of the order. You know, Taylor Ward had a good first half. Luis Rangifo was hitting, like, one or two towards the end of the year. Seven eight nine was a pretty big abatross for him, you know. Didn't get much production anywhere um, in that order at the bottom. So, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to gauge what they're going to do. I just... I, I don't know. They can't burn it down like the A's. They really can't because they don't have the farm system for it. I got two questions. So the first is, mm-hmm. do you think that, I mean, so what I'll say is I would imagine that they'll probably try to start extension talks with Otani this this season, right? Mm-hmm. At some point. Um, and I think that they would probably give Otani, I, I don't know. Like, I guess that's the question. Like, do you think that they've committed enough money to everybody else and, Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, junk contracts, et cetera. 
that they're going to not have enough money to buy Otani, right? Do you think that, like, I guess, right, come 2020, the come next offseason, right, is Otani definitely a free agent? I guess that's my question. Yes. I think he's definitely a free agent. I think there's a chance he goes back to the Angels, um, but I could see him wanting, he seems like a very competitive guy, so I would see him wanting to go to a winner. And his number, I mean, his number's going to go up astronomically. If he has one more season where he come out, he comes out and pitches even just 20 games and he hits 40 home runs, like, he's, he could be a $50 million a year player. Mm-hmm. Easily. You know, he could, he could be in talks to be one of the highest paid players in the league. But, you know... <laughs> With all the money committed to Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, who knows if the Angels are going to have the the money to spend to sign him? And then if you do, you're basically committing to your you know committing to those guys. Where else can you improve then if you spend that kind of money? No, that so. makes sense. And I think my my second question is, um, all right, so we've talked about the Rangers, right? Um, Mm-hmm. Who finishes? I think we're realistically talking about third and fourth next year, right? Where do you where do you put the Rangers and the Angels and the AL West next year? Do you put them? Where do you have them slotted in at? Um, if Degrom pitches more than twelve games, if he can hit at least twenty games pitched, Rangers third, Angels fourth. If Degrom does not pitch more than twenty games. Angels third, Rangers fourth. Okay, I like it. I, I I think just on paper, the Rangers are the better team right now. They both have middling bullpens, but the Rangers have probably better starting pitching than the Angels. And the lineup isn't anything to scoff at, you know. I mean, obviously you don't have two of the best players in baseball on the Rangers lineup, but you know, you've got guys that can come in and, you know, can hit. Nathaniel Lowe, Adolis Garcia, guys like that. So, Got it. I like it. So, um, yeah, that's that's the Angels for you. <laughs> that's, you know. Um, how many games are we winning against the Angels and the, the A's next season? So, I think we're going to win 10 games against the A's next year. Um, mm-hmm. it's ten and three against the A's. I think we are gonna go. Um, let me think. So we went nine and ten against them this year. Um, just based upon that history, I may do so. I'll I'll say seven and six against the the Angels this year. I think we do double-digit wins, like you said, against the A's. That's a good call. Hmm. I think Nick Allen is going to hit five home runs against the Mariners <laughs> in 2023. Uh, Nick Allen, for those of you that don't know, is the future son-in-law of Mariners great Brett Boone. So um, he's a favorite of mine. <laughs> um, but uh, Angels, it's hard. Um Seven and six is pretty realistic. I'm gonna go nine and four with Trout playing less than half the games against the Mariners. 
That's fair. That's a good. Uh, that's a good way to uh, pin it. There is um, a little, a little bit more of a prop bet there. You know. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Because we just we don't know how many games Trout's gonna play. So. Yeah. Yeah, and if you, you know, if you listen to last week's episode and then listen to this week, I think the Mariners have. I, I don't know. This is speaking for myself. I don't know what Bo's thoughts are are on this. We'll get it in a minute. Um, you know, if you listen to last week, listen to this week. I think both of us are putting the Astros at number one in the division, which leaves the Mariners competing for a wild card spot. Um, and that's that's the plan next week is to get to maybe a couple of the teams that we could be facing in the wild card. And then, you know, like I said, Rangers three, if DeGrom pitches more than 20 games, Angels four, uh, Athletics five. What does that sound about fair for you? Yeah. And um, yeah, I think we, the, the, the injury health was super critical, right? Um, if Mike Trout's healthy, if Jacob DeGrom's healthy, um, where those teams probably end up. Um, yeah, I probably lean a little bit more. Yeah. Astros, Mariners, um, Rangers and the angels. Cause I think the Rangers are, I think the Rangers are going to add more pieces than the angels this off season still. So, um, that's yeah. kind of the way and then the A's obviously at the end, but that's probably, uh, probably the way I see it too. Um, and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it's still gonna. I think it's. Uh, I think it's exciting because it's gonna be a super tough division next year. Um, you know, outside mm-hmm. of the AL East, you could probably say the NL East and maybe the NL West. It's you know certainly one of the best divisions in baseball. Um, and uh, you know, I'm happy that our team is um, relatively healthy and uh, you know going to finish somewhere. I think near the top of it. I the the question I got for you, Bill, is. How many do you think any of the teams in the AL West finish with over a hundred wins next season? Do you think the the Astros hit that? Do you think the Mariners could hit that? What what do you feel there? Um, with how with it's going to be difficult for the Astros to get to a hundred wins. I think again, right? Even with the adjusted calendar, and they're only playing thirteen games. You know, um, against the other you know, teams from the division, it's still going to be pretty difficult for the Astros to get there. I think, um, I think the Astros push right up against it. I don't think they quite get there. Right. Um, mm-hmm. maybe, and yeah, that can, my mind can change if they pick up like a Wilson Contreras or a Sean Murphy or another pitcher. Right. So I'll probably give them somewhere in like 97, 98 wins right now. So I think that kind of answers the question that I don't think anybody will win a hundred games. Um, I think the Mariners are, on track to win 90 games again right now. Um, and you, know, I think the Rangers and the angels very well might push for that last wild card spot. So um, we'll see. I think you might have four teams that finish with at least 80 wins, right? That could be, that could be, mm-hmm. um, you know, unique. So we'll see. And I guess, do you think 90 wins gets them in the playoffs? You know, there's a lot of good teams in the rest of the AL, you know, Toronto is always knocking at the door. Uh, the Indians, um, the White Sox probably are going to bounce back. And, uh, you know, the Orioles had a good season last season. I don't know if they can sustain that. You know, you think 90 wins is enough for the Mariners to make the playoffs? Um, I think it's, I think nowadays with it being, you know, the six playoff teams, I do think 90 wins probably gets you into the playoffs. Um, uh, and it's, 
I I think with how deep the AL East is, right, they're just all going to bloody themselves up. And, you know, I think the the Rays and the Orioles and the Blue Jays and the Yankees, they're all good teams over there. And I feel like the even the Red Sox came really close to winning 80 games last year, right? So I think by just mm-hmm. how deep that division is, right, they're going to not do – like they're going to knock some team out that's really good, right? So then you're kind of talking about how good are the White Sox, how good are the Twins, so – I think the Mariners are. I think the Mariners are on track to probably end up back in that fifth spot again right now, right? And then, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'd love for us to make a couple more moves here to definitely bump us up into that, you know, um, classical classical first wild card spot, right? I think that would be. Uh, I think that would be the best situation, but I think we are kind of fit, sort of fitting in that like fifth wild card spot, low nineties, ninety two, maybe yeah, ninety one wins somewhere in there right now. Um, yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. All right. And that's, that's our show. That's, uh, Oh, I, no, I said, I promised a trivia question this week. You can't just hop off. that. Oh, easy. you got, you got a trivia question. Yeah. Heck yeah. All right. So we're going to play, I, we're going to play, um, it's uh who am I? Okay. Right. Okay. And I'm going to give you seven statements, right? Are you going to give them all at once? Or are you going to give me one statement? And then I can try to guess, or I you can you can certainly answer. try to guess okay. after each statement. How does that sound? Okay, okay, ready? okay. I like that. I like um, that. Okay. Are you ready? So this is a former Seattle Mariner. Okay, that's not the, that's not a statement, but I think that goes without goes okay. without saying. It's a former Seattle Mariner. So. Okay. The first statement. You ready? Yep. I was born in Eugene, Oregon. Um. I have to go with the next statement. You don't. You're not. You're. You're, you're passing on that one. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a punt on that one and hear the next one. Okay. I was a former first round pick for the Seattle Mariners. Jeff Clement. Uh, no, it's not Jeff Clement. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh crap. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Statement three. I won mm-hmm. three gold gloves and went to two all-star games during my Seattle Mariner career. Wow. All-star games. Okay, next one. Okay, so this is going to be a little demographic information now. Okay. I was 5'11", 165 pounds when I played baseball. Trying to give you a picture of the person. <laughs> okay, next next statement. I played my last game in 1994 for oh, the California man, Angels. It is an older one. Harold Reynolds. That is correct. It is Harold Reynolds. Ah, there it was. He was born in Eugene, Oregon? You be, you're born oh. in Eugene, Oregon. Yes, sir. Yep. What tipped me off was the, the 94. Yep. I, I feel like you wouldn't go super obscure. <sighs> right. Yep. And my, my next guess was going to be, wow, well, he played all with all the Mariners, though. Alvin Davis. Yep. So, okay. There you go. That's a good one. I like those. We should... We should do those more often, there though. You go. 
Yeah. Or maybe, maybe, you know, we've got a couple podcasts coming up where we might be a little light on content. We just spend an hour playing the name game. You think people would listen That's, to that? Uh, there's potential. There's potential. Even if they don't, we could learn a lot So and re- refresh ourselves. So um, that's fine. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'll keep that in the back of my mind. You know, when we're light on content, we'll just start the name game. You know, and people who are asking, what's the name game? It's a very simple game, but it kept Bo and I entertained for hours. Boy Scout trips. Uh baseball bus trips um and this is when we weren't singing limp biscuit so back in the day <laughs> back in the day i'm 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 still thinking your dad was super impressed with me being able to sing nookie from uh limp biscuit so <laughs> uh, oh as we wind down do you got anything you got anything else for our, our listeners um before we sign off here uh, I think I'm fresh out of fresh out of unique ideas and everything else. My brain is fried. So um, no, leave I, me alone. I'm with you on yes, that. I'm done. <laughs> I'm with you on that. This the Christmas season's not a fun season sometimes, especially at work. So you know. Anyways, for for all our viewers in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond, thank you for taking your time and listening to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. Um, you know, next week we uh, will be back and we're going to highlight a couple teams. We're going to keep them kind of under wraps because I don't think we necessarily know who we're going to be doing. Um, but uh, we're going to highlight a couple teams that we could see in the wild card round or that should be continued for the wild card. So, uh, yeah, don't miss that. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, end up seeing you next week. So for Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark. Like I said, we're going to see you guys next week on the Forks Down Podcast.